At First Baptist Church, our mission is to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and to lead all others to a joyful life with Him. Our hope is that you will encounter Jesus Christ in such a way that you will have joyful news to go and tell. Amen. We're going to read aloud together the first half of our reverse text for the week, Galatians 4, 12 through 15. If you would, find that on your listening sheet and we'll read it together. Let's stand. This then is the text for today. I beg of you, brethren, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You have done me no wrong, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. Where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. May God bless the reading of his word. Being able to pause live TV was a monumental technological advancement. There came this wonderful time that you no longer had to wait till commercial break to go to the bathroom. You could just hit pause and go and do what you needed to do. Or you could do something like this. You could start a football game late and miss the hour plus commercials they have all the way through. If you started an hour, hour and a half late, you could catch up by the end and skip all the commercials. It was wonderful. And dads no longer had to be worried about missing the play when the kids are tugging at you, right? You could just hit pause to go solve the riddle of the missing Barbie. And once you found her, you could unpause and never miss a play of the game. Now I'm telling on myself a little bit here, but there have been times during a Spurs game or times during a Baylor game when my heart got a workout that it probably shouldn't have gotten. But say there's, there's one trick that I've learned that saves my heart. See, every once in a while when you record a game and it's waiting on you, you'll have that moment when somebody tells you the score and it's just deflating. You don't, you don't get the same excitement, the highs and the lows, when you know the outcome. However, when you watch a game, already knowing the outcome, it's a much calmer experience. It's easier on the heart. So if I'm, if I'm watching a game, say I'm watching the Spurs and I know the end, I'm not at all upset when somebody misses a free throw. Right? I'm, I'm watching the game and I know they win and, and they're down by 14 in the fourth quarter. I'm not mad at the players. I'm not mad at Pop. In fact, it's just the opposite. I start to watch the game closer with a great anticipation of how are they going to pull this off? 
See, in, in a win, and if you know they're going to win, you end up appreciating all of the good plays and you, you disregard all of the poor shots. Now, I will say, if I know they lose, I just delete it and not watch it. <laughs> but if they're winning, it's this different kind of experience. You, you don't yell at the ref through the TV when they blow a call. It's all far more calm because you know how it ends. I say, I say all this to, to tell you this, there's something similar about the contentment of watching a recorded win and the contentment of the Christian life. You see, as it stands, we can read the end of the book. We can turn to the last chapter in Revelation chapter 22 and know how it ends. That there is clear victory that has already happened in the Christ. And you know, when, when we look around us though, and we have the experiences of life on this earth, there are often days and times where it looks like that God is down for the count. There, there are times in our weeks where it looks as though evil is prevailing. It looks as though Satan is gaining ground that he sh never should be taken. If you don't know the end, these evils can be devastating to your heart. But if you know the end, the Spirit opens our eyes and we watch with great anticipation how is God going to pull this out? Because we know He wins. And, and as the Spirit comes in this way, we, we don't live and die with every difficulty, right? Our heart isn't racing in trial. And, and, and we, we aren't full of anxiety with the pain that we know because we know the end. The Spirit opens our eyes wider to wait and watch of how God will move. You know, when you come to the last chapter of the Bible, we come to Revelation chapter 22, the Lord is clearly the victor. We see this, we, we know in the Gospels, we read the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and, and this is victory in the person of the Christ. This is the victory and the accomplishment that we needed in this life. And, and so we, we have to work through together. So how do, how do we get from the, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ to Christ the victor? And, and one of the things that, that we, we work through together as a church is that we're living in this church age between Golgotha and New Jerusalem where many kinds of things are happening. And those that know the Lord know the end. And those that know Jesus Christ can live in a contentment that this world will never know. Turn with me to another scripture. It's Philippians chapter 4. And here in, in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, we, we hear the Apostle Paul speaking of this kind of contentment. So Philippians 4, 11, not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. I know how to get along with humble means, and what he means by there is not having any money, right? Living in deep poverty. Saying, I've been in deep poverty. I know that. 
I also know how to live in prosperity. There's been plenty of times I've had more than enough. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry. So what are you saying that when I know the secret of having plenty of food, a buffet, I know the, the, I know the secret of, of your, your stomach is so hungry you don't think you can go on anymore. I know the secret of having abundance in suffering need. Then verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Contentment in this life and the highs and lows of this life are found in Jesus Christ and knowing the end. So that when there is trial that is inevitably going to come, those who know Jesus don't have to fear the trial. We don't have to have anxiety about the outcome because we know in the promise of Scripture is that Jesus is taking care of it. Whatever you face in these days, the Christ is our provision. And, and the Christ is the victor and anything that we could possibly need has already been taken care of. And anything that we will go through, Christ has already been there with us and knows the other side of it. There's going to be plenty of disruptive days and, and you're gonna have times in your life and you may be going through them right now that, that are painfully grim. Pages of Scripture tell us Jesus pulls you through. We already know the end. Jesus gets you through it. This is what we know. It's similar this week in, in Galatians 4, so as we come to reverse this week in Galatians 4.13, we hear another incredible story of the Apostle Paul's life and recognize how the Lord pulled him through. Right, this, this wasn't of his effort, this wasn't of the Apostle Paul's design, but it was the God that created the heavens and the earth working through him and doing a mighty work in him. So if you look with me at Galatians 4, 13, he's, he's writing to the churches of Galatia, you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. Paul didn't go into Galatia initially to preach the gospel. It was a very different circumstance. He was very sick. And we don't know exactly what was going on in his life, but we've got, there's some speculation. There's some theories about what was going on. But he was very sick and sick enough that he needed to seek out help. So a couple of theories of what it might have been. Some scholars think that he might have had a, a terrible case of malaria. And so there's a couple of options here that, that maybe he went up into the hill country of Galatia. It's a little bit different climate, a little bit different cooler, and, and, and he might could have healed better in the hills of Galatia. Or in the same way, maybe there was a, a doctor there that he needed to see, somebody who might could care for him well, which he ended up finding there. And so that, that's one of the thoughts. Maybe, maybe he went up there for that. And there's another theory too, that, that maybe there was still some great difficulty with his eyes. Remember in his salvation story, just his eyes were, were covered with scales and he was blinded for three days. And, and we know that Paul had some kind of lingering illness and maybe it stemmed from that. And, and, and maybe it was visible on his face. And, and this was one of those moments where his pain was deepened and he had to find relief. And so he ends up in the hill country of Galatia seeking relief in the climate or relief from a doctor. But he had this excruciating ailment 
as we, we read through here, even with that excruciating ailment, he was content because he knew Jesus would bring him through. And it didn't matter what he was dealing with physically. And, and, and you, you see as he works out, he says, I, I was there because I was sick and you welcomed me and you received me and you loved me and you took care of me. You took care of me physically and I took care of you spiritually because the gospel was then preached and many came to know the Lord because through his illness, Paul began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He ended up starting multiple churches in that whole region because he saw this great difficulty as an ordained opportunity of God. And, and he saw that when he interacted with those people in Galatia, they were helping taking, take care of him, that all of these moments were ordained of God. And this wasn't something to be angry about. This wasn't something to dismiss, but God was in it and God had ordained that he would share the gospel with these people through this way and saw all of it as an ordained opportunity of God for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul wasn't anywhere just to be there. He wasn't just in Galatia for treatment, right? He wasn't angry about his illness, but he awaited the ordained opportunities that only those content in Jesus Christ can see. You see, as his contentment was there and this peace that passes all understanding helped him through the physical sickness he could see the spiritual opportunities beyond his physical pain. And the Spirit of God opened his eyes to say this physical pain is bringing about great spiritual reality. By this, many will come to know the Lord. You see, Paul could be content because he knew Jesus. He could be content because he knew the end. It doesn't really matter if it was an eye problem or malaria or, or something else, whatever it was it looked insignificant compared to the glory of God that's spoken of in Revelation. The physical pain does not compare to the glory that is to be revealed to us in the days to come. And so it didn't matter what, what his sickness was because he knew Jesus. And it wasn't just this one instance either that we read about in Galatians 4. You go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul lists this litany of pain. He's not bragging. There's something similar happening in the church at Corinth where he was being undermined and people were, were challenging him as a gospel teacher and he began to share his testimony in his life to say this is who I am in Christ to help answer some of those false teachers in Corinth. And so part of that story in 2 Corinthians 11, he, he tells us of many days of sorrow in his life. And every single one of them was an ordained opportunity for the glory of God. He starts in that section saying, I've been in prison many times for the gospel. And each one of those were an ordained opportunity. We know of a specific instance where, where Paul was, was literally handcuffed to a Roman guard. And Paul wasn't angry. He wasn't upset. He, he, he wasn't fighting for his life when he was handcuffed to the Roman guard as they sat there for hours upon hours. He saw it as an ordained opportunity for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In those moments of prison and moments of chain, Paul would sing, sing to the glory of God. He would share the gospel knowing it was another opportunity 
for the glory of God to be revealed. And this only happens when you know the end, convinced of the victory of Jesus Christ. Now, it keeps going. There's a whole list of things here. I was beaten untold number of times. I often faced death. Five times received 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once, he says, I was, I was stoned to death. A mob came and beat him with rocks, and they thought he had died, and they left him there to die. And he lived. So I had three different shipwrecks in the Mediterranean. And every single one of them was an ordained opportunity for the glory of God. I've been endangered by robbers. I've been endangered in the wilderness. I was unwelcomed in most cities that I went to. Most cities I was met by mobs. In one city I had to sneak out of a window. I was endangered in the sea. There were plenty of days I didn't have anything to eat. And there were plenty of nights where I was in the cold and I was exposed to the elements. And every single one of them was an ordained opportunity for the glory of God. Now, don't get me wrong, none of it was easy. And this was as agonizing as it sounds like it was. But the message is I could be content because I knew Jesus. I could be content in all of it because I knew the end. All of these things became incredible opportunities for God to prove his goodness. You see, rather than than seeing these things as overwhelming trials that cannot be overcome, I saw them differently because of Jesus Christ who can overcome. The the Spirit of God would, would open Paul's eyes to all the good that was possible and every good thing that God could do to get him out of these situations so that the glory of God could be revealed. And I hope you recognize in this that any one of these things would be tragic to us. And apart from Jesus Christ, all of these things feel like devastating loss. But for every moment of devastating loss in our lives, these are opportunities for the glory of God to be put on full display. You see, in our moments of weakness and despair, the glory of God shines through when it's not otherwise possible. You see, when we live and we operate in our strength, it's easy for us to take the glory. But when we are living in weakness, the glory of God is revealed in ways we could never imagine. You know, when I was younger in the faith, I always thought that when the Spirit of God comes, that everything falls into place. Or or that when, when the Spirit of God is with you, you don't have to worry about all the hard times anymore. Now, on some level, that's correct, but not like I thought it was correct. So I thought when I was younger in the faith that God would take away the trials. But the pages of Scripture reveal something very different that even for the Apostle Paul, who was the greatest missionary of the church age, when he got right with God, he found a painfully difficult life. All of those things that we just mentioned. But the Spirit of God was with him. And the glory of God was revealed. You see, as he worked through those things, 
The, the Spirit reshaped them so he saw the trials differently. And he saw them in, in light of the glory of God. He, he saw the trials in light of the end so that he could persevere like watching it play out on DVR because you already know the end. The highs and the lows are met with a different kind of calm. And it doesn't worry you nearly as much as it once did. Each trial an ordained opportunity to share the gospel and reveal the glory of God. And so it's important for us then to think through those trials that we face. What in your life this year has felt like a punch in the gut? Because if you know Jesus, if you are a child of God, those afflictions are opportunity. They're, they're not opportunity for you to prove your strength. They're not an opportunity to, for you to prove your endurance. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's an opportunity for you to be made weak and the glory of God to shine through. For all to see how good God is. The deepest suffering very well may be the perfect opportunity. Perfect opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and be a witness to suffer gracefully. That when, when pain envelops your life, come to the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Read Genesis again, read Revelation again. Wait and watch for the Lord. Because what the Spirit does is, is the Spirit opens our eyes so that we might see how God is going to pull this one through. For our eyes to be open to where the glory of God starts shining, first like a pinhole of light, but then as the sun shines, bringing the warmth of God's glory over our lives. You see, to know this kind of contentment in life's suffering, to, to know this peace in the suffocating battles that we will face, you have to turn to the cross of Jesus Christ, the suffering servant, and believe in his work. And, and when we believe on the Christ and the work of the cross, that, that's, that's the moment of total victory. And if you will believe in him and his work, you will be saved. And this peace that passes understanding will flood your life so the glory of God may be revealed. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you would pull us in under the comfort of your wings. That, Lord, you would nurture us in our loss. Lord, that you would nurture us in our suffering that we would find the warmth 
in the glory of heaven. And Lord, we want to experience that. We want to know it well. And Lord, we pray that you would be near. And Lord, we we face many trials. We face many painful outside influences. Lord, this world hurls stones and insults constantly. And we pray for your protection and your grace in all of it. Lord, we we pray that that peace that passes all understanding would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus this morning. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would open our eyes to the new reality, the glory that is to come. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.